This is In the Know for Monday, December 13, the 347th day of 2021. There are 18 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through In the Know at K105. We're on Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose. We're live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast. You can find us on Facebook. We're on YouTube, on Twitter, and the hashtag is in the note. Coming up today, we will update you on the latest news headlines from around the community and around the Commonwealth. Not so much on what's happening around the country today, because, uh, as you know, it's been a tumultuous weekend here in Kentucky. So we'll talk about that. Also going to have a couple of important phone calls for you this morning with some information that uh, you will need to be helpful and uh, gracious to your fellow Kentuckians. So we'll have that and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the Know. Going to dispense with the normal pageantry of the show. It doesn't feel like uh, doesn't feel like a normal Monday today. So we'll say good morning over there. Beej and Sam are joining us. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good, good morning. Good to see you all. I'm sure you're um, much as as I am today. Um, just unsure, unsure where to start. Uh, unsure what to share that people don't already know or they don't already uh, fully understand. Uh, you've heard me say multiple times before that there are days that I love my job, and then there are these days. And uh, when you know, trying to there. I stay pretty prepared to try and do the show. On days like today, there's no way to prepare. You just have to do and find your way because words do not explain what Kentucky has endured over the weekend from late Friday night uh, into this morning. And at the same time, there's also so much information that it's hard to harness and be able to stay on top of you know what information is the most important as of uh, this this morning and as of right now, uh, you may be watching, you may be listening to us, and then may also be keeping an ear on Governor Bashir. Uh, this morning, he's giving his latest briefing uh, at this present time. He does say um, updated total that eight are dead, eight missing at that candle factory in Mayfield that we all know about uh, as of this morning, and we'll talk more specifics about it coming up. But I think across the state, there are currently 105 missing people. Uh, I think uh, 100% of those would be in Western Kentucky. And so the fatality toll has been very difficult to zero in on and will continue to be very difficult to zero in on because, um, you know, there are so many missing people. So that's why the estimates have varied from 25 to more than 100. And we just won't know until the days of head. Uh, the number of Kentuckians who lost their lives in this weekend storm. Uh, uh, so you heard me say earlier. I I I really just don't know where to begin. Um, I I don't I I have I try not to use statements like "never in my life" and "in my lifetime have I ever" and I I don't want to I don't want to think that our situation is worse in Kentucky than other areas have suffered in the country. Just because it's Kentucky, I would have a tendency to think that way. But the destruction that I have seen in photography and videography over the last 48 to 72 hours is, for me, beyond description. I, I, see, I see towns that have been flattened 
that to me don't look like a tornado strike. They look like a hurricane. They they look a like bomb, almost. Uh, almost. Yeah, I, this, I, right. I, I used that phrase yesterday. Nuclear warhead. It's it seems tornadoes to me have historically had that surgical precision and strike where they come through and they will just find a path and carve through communities. And they do a lot of, they obviously uh, they're deadly and they pack a lot of destruction, but the sheer width of the, the, the width of the path, it's one thing to say a storm, a tornado was on the ground for 227 miles Maybe two thirty. I heard one estimate this morning. Maybe even two fifty. If you can go all the way back into Arkansas and its origins, and then find its way through Kentucky, that that's one thing in itself to say. It's a, it was it stayed on the ground and it was narrow for two hundred and fifty miles. The width of the destru- the destruction. It, think about Mayfield. All right, we we have an we have an odd proximity to Mayfield as Grayson Countyans because of Graves Countyans and uh, their football opponents. And I know, Sam, you, you travel there, and so you yeah, know. And, th- and that was kind of when I was reading it, is immediately I was thinking to all of those people because I think I've even said this t- to multiple people, is that out of all of the places that we travel, I'm not sure that there is a place that treats us better than Graves County. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if they know it's because we're traveling a long distance or if it's just – I think it's more that they're just really good people down there. And I'm not saying by no means that there aren't great people at other other schools, sure. but they're always welcoming to us. Uh, you know, it's it's just a very home feel when we're there. There are some similarities. I remember um, when I talk with um, – you know, Jim Moore is a, is a fellow broadcaster from that area, uh, does, you know, things similar to, to what we do here and – our neck of the woods, and I always I told him, you know, we're we're alphabetical cousins. Like can, Kentucky, Grayson in the Kentucky alphabetic list of counties, Grayson and Graves are right there side by side. And Mayfield is a town of about ten thousand people. Litchfield is a town of about ten thousand people. And so when you when you just see that area, and you see. I I see Litchfield when I see that community. I see Grayson County when I see that community. Like the courthouse on the square. Absolutely, I see I see a factory. You know, make the candle factory some some other equivalent, and it just I, I have chills uh, just talking to you about it. And when I see what their downtown looks like today, when I hear they have no water tower, when I hear they have no water treatment plant, they have no wastewater treatment plant. They have, you know, no electricity. They have, I, I just. These images are always the most powerful to me. The befores and afters. The before and after. Yeah. I, I tried to really, I tried to regulate myself yesterday on thinking that, oh, well, this is far devastating than anything else I've seen ever anywhere else. It made me wonder, as a drone pilot, I know that I can get to places that I couldn't used to see, that I can see now. And so do we just have more information than we used to? And so we see what it really looks like compared to what it used to, you know, and there are other storms uh, that people have lived through. So I, I don't know the proper level of, of processing it. And and if I'm having a hard time, I would assume everyone who's gathered around this morning is having a hard time as well. I mean, school buses on their sides, and it just—it's very difficult. So we'll we'll talk more about Mayfield, and we'll talk about you know, Mayfield is not the only area that's impacted, but perhaps they're getting the most attention today. And say good morning 
to uh, Judge Kevin Henderson. Judge Henderson, good morning. Welcome. Thank you for uh, thank you for reaching out today. Good morning, Mark. Uh, thank you for having me. I know you have a lot of colleagues around Western Kentucky through either KCO or the Judges Association um, that I'm sure you've you've heard from or you've you've reached out to over the last uh, over the last hours, the last couple of days. What uh, what's your takeaway from what you're hearing out of your colleagues in Western Kentucky? Uh, most of these uh, judges we see at the judges conference, and uh, we all know each other, and you know we uh, you know we get to learn a lot of things while we're attending those. But uh, the networking outside in the uh, in the lobby areas is mainly where you learn uh, a lot of your uh, a lot of your information from these other counties, and then you build camaraderie with them and. Uh, uh, know a lot of these uh, judges in these counties that uh, it's been hit, and, and it's it's some of them is complete devastation, and uh, they uh, right now they're overwhelmed. Um, um, I haven't spoke to any of them directly because of what they've been dealing with, but uh, they have uh, networked with us through our emergency management to try to let us know you know what they need and if they need anything, and through uh, Frankfurt's emergency management, so. I think everybody's just now uh, trying to figure out what what they need and and uh, what they're going to have to have to try to rebuild. And um, they're, uh, you know, for the past day and a half, two days now, it, it's been they've been looking for survivors, and actually they still are in some of these areas. So it's um, it, it's devata- it's devastating for these for these counties. So I, you know, it's not a whole lot more that you can say other than just try to pray for them. Obviously, I was following. You were monitoring uh, the wet, the conditions on Friday night the same way we were monitoring weather conditions, and you know you were you were issuing uh, warnings and advice to people on on locally what they should do. Um, I, t- I will tell you Saturday afternoon when I saw the first conference out of Graves County, and forgive me if I'm getting his last name wrong, but I think it's Judge Perry uh, in, yes. in Graves County yes. when he spoke for the first time. Uh, just as you were dialing in, Kevin, I was thinking about the similarities between Grayson and Graves, uh, Mayfield and Litchfield, similar size, uh, similar socioeconomic levels. When I saw Judge Perry speak on Saturday, I couldn't help but think of you and that he was saying a lot of the things that I would imagine that if you were in his shoes that you you would have shared, and that was just for prayer and support. Yeah, there, there's uh, nobody, you know, you try to plan for events like this, but uh, uh, nothing on the scale that it's happened, you know, throughout, the, you know, 240 miles, I think, is what I've seen that this tornado was on the ground. And um, it, it's, um, you just take it day by day. And, uh, you know, everybody's been through this, covid pandemic and you thought well how could it get any worse and now that it has um uh, you know you just try to try to take each every you know everything day by day and uh you know you've got a lot of good people a lot of good support you know from other counties and i know we've had some law enforcement that's gone down there and helped some uh help the law enforcement because unfortunately when you have an event like this you have looters and things like that uh um, we've had some issues in Grayson County. Of course, we've had, uh, you know, we've had, we were so lucky, um, with, uh, with the pass of the storms that 
Um, you know, Falls are rough, got it. Of course, we – and social media was great issuing warnings. I mean, so many people. If anything can come good out of social media, it's been that. Um, uh, and, you know, it's got a lot of, uh, of bad areas that you have to deal with. But it was great that night, Friday night. And, of course, we, we've got a lot of updated weather apps, you know, on, on our phone as county government uh, employees. And um, that's why we was issuing, you know, we was issuing warnings and the weather service was issuing warnings. I think people had, you know, they have, they've had way more time than they've had in the past. And, uh, you know, unfor- you know my, my wife's uh, mother and father live in Olayton. They, you know, it just barely missed them. And Ohio County, you know, the Olayton community is a, fairly big area and uh i think they've had about 40 houses in ohio county that was destroyed there in the old Layton community and 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 fortunately it tracked across grayson county uh, a lot of farmland non-populated area but you know clements marine was not so fortunate and uh the st Clair's back behind clements marine which is behind the st Clair hotel their farm i just spoke with them just about 10 minutes ago uh, trying to find some equipment for them to uh, uh, their barns and some equipment was destroyed and um, the Rough River Lodge. I mean, it's it, uh, you know they got maybe a little bit of damage, but I'm down here with the road department now and uh, Grayson County Detention Center and uh, at the inmates and some of the employees trying to clean up the runway uh, here at Rough River and uh, I look around and I see Clements Marine and I mean it, it's you know, it's devastating. I mean, they've got buildings down and boats everywhere. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine if we had a direct hit to uh, downtown square of, of Litchfield. And uh, I can't imagine what those uh, what those officials and what the general public is going through right now. But uh, I've got faith, and uh, they will rebuild. And uh, it's, uh, it's just going to be some hurdles along the way, but um, I'm sure all these communities in this path will come back as strong as they ever was. Uh, You pray to God you never take a direct hit like Mayfield did. The length of this storm gave a lot of us, including yourself, opportunity to prepare and track, and clearly we were not dealing with one tornado. We were dealing with multiple at least two through Bowling Green, at least one up through Bremen and then up through Ohio County and into northwestern Grayson County. This gives you an opportunity as a leader of the county to evaluate your preparedness uh, in a in a small way without maybe more of a glancing blow. You get to measure and say, are we prepared for that direct hit that our neighbors in Graves County took? What have you learned about Grayson County's preparedness over the last 48 to 72 hours that maybe you didn't know on Thursday? Uh, that, that was something that I thought of in the early morning hours of Saturday. Um, after I knew that we was in the clear, uh, we, you know, we got hit on the north, and then we, we missed one from the south. Down in the Warren County area, come across to Edmondson and Hart. You know, we need to remember those people. You know, a lot of these. Uh, I understand Mayfield has. I mean, Mayfield has taken a direct hit, and I mean it's devastating. But there is so many communities along the way that has been impacted that's not getting the media coverage quite that Mayfield has got. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Bowling Green's getting some. Also, I think uh, 
Judge Buchanan down there uh, had said that uh, they've probably got 600 people displaced, 600 homes destroyed. Well, that that's devastating. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and uh, they're getting media coverage because of WBKO, but not as national. But Hart County's got a lot. Edmondson County's got a lot. Ohio County's got every county around us has been affected, and um, uh, but Saturday morning, uh, I, I got to thinking. You know, one one thing, and I've talked to Tony Willen about the emergency management director. We just didn't start thinking about it Saturday. We started thinking about it a few years ago about getting more tornado sirens in the county. I mean, we need to, we need to get more. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, most people have social media now, but there's a lot of people that still don't. And so we need to find out a way to, to warn these folks. And uh, I know, you know, the sirens, you know, they work, uh, you know, the ones that uh, the ones that are out there. And uh, you take situations look like this and you try to work with it and you try to build on it. And uh, I got to thinking about the courthouse in, in Graves County. Um you know, we opened up the courthouse that night, Friday night, to folks that didn't have a place to go. And then I got to thinking, well, what if we had taken a direct hit on the courthouse square with that building? And, you know, what do we do? You know, do we build a, a uh, dedicated storm shelter for our community that people that don't have a place to go that could withstand, you know, an F4 and F5 tornado? So... There's a lot of planning and a lot of thinking to think about this. And unfortunately, you know, everybody says it, um, it doesn't affect you until it affects you. So, um, you know, stuff like this make, gets us thinking, you know, are, are we going to be prepared? Are we going to be able to, uh, uh, you know, deal with something like this if it happens to us? may not happen in our lifetime, yeah. but it will happen again. And uh, we, you know, just, we just got to think about things like that. I'm so glad you mentioned a lot of the areas of our state that aren't getting the media attention that the Mayfields are and maybe the Bowling Greens are because the Western Kentucky chapter of the American Red Cross, their executive director, you know her very well, as uh, do we. We're going to speak to her in about five minutes or so, and she's going to kind of give us a better approach on what's happening a uh, better understanding of what's happening outside of Dawson Springs and outside of uh, of uh, Mayfield. So uh, hopefully we are going to get some really good information coming up. Judge, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. That's Judge Kevin Henderson, kind of his uh, approach and understanding and outlook and uh, breakdown of the uh, weather events. So, um, whew. I don't – you would like to think there were other headlines for the weekend, but really – Really, there weren't, Sam. Uh, I know you all were in Brownsville on Friday night. Uh, kind of um, the storm was looming. You know, it was on mm-hmm. on the way and probably got a little rough before you all got back in. But what was the situation like there in Brownsville? Uh, are we talking on the floor or in just, in, just I mean, I in, think general, in general? I, I, I mean, I, in situation like that, when things are anticipated, there's a different energy to type things. Yeah, that I people think, are distracted. I think usually, especially in a game like that, it's kind of interesting to sit there and watch because you know everybody knows people from Edmondson County. The Grace, you know, the Edmondson County people know the people from Grayson County. So it's kind of like that they all pretty much have like a family reunion on the floor after the game. Right. 
And it really didn't happen. You could tell everybody was like, "Oh, there's zeros. Uh, we can listen to the post game show on the road, and mm-hmm. we can we can get on we can get out of here." Yeah. And I think that that was kind of the thing is that everybody kind of just left, and and uh, by the time we left, we were one of the few people left in the building, which we're used to at most games, but not really in that one. It's usually there's still kind of people wandering around. But huh. we got back, and when we got back, the winds started to started to whip. That was really whipping, and we were seeing as we were driving up like two fifty nine. Um, lightning just, it was like, I mean, it was surreal seeing all the lightning coming. And then that's when I flipped on my, because I usually don't check social media during a game. Right. And saw everything happening in Mayfield and really had no words. I will, uh, the sports weekend was a mixed bag, of course, but I was really happy. It seemed like Western Kentucky University down in Atlanta, they felt like they kind of had the the hopes of Bowling Green, the hopes of the state, you know, they were hadn't been playing particularly well and got a win Saturday night that kind of helped lift the spirits of uh, of the state because certainly the University of Kentucky did not. So it's uh, just a, well, yeah, that's why I'm wearing my my hilltop. Absolutely, I, I hope that's a weekend that never happens again. You know, I think uh, you are with everybody in praying that that does not. You uh, heard me mention she's she's on an appearance with CNN right now, but uh, we're going to look forward to a visit from. Our dear friend and the current executive director of the Western Kentucky chapter of the American Red Cross. She's going to update us on the latest. She's also had an extremely busy weekend, and you're going to stop by and get caught up. That's coming up here on In the Know. Today is St. Lucy's Day. It is also Hot Cocoa Day, if you feel like uh, doing something as the distraction today. She is currently the executive director of the Western Kentucky uh, Division chapter of the American Red Cross. But more importantly, she's our sister and dear friend. And we say good morning to uh, Misty Thomas. Good morning. Welcome back. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, been kind of living vicariously through you over the over the weekend, and I know you've uh, had boots on the ground and been in the middle of everything um, since I'm sure early Saturday morning. Um, you use the word apocalyptic, and that mm-hmm. and I thought that was kind of appropriate. It is what I what I've witnessed on screen. Uh, I've never seen anything like it in my life anywhere. Like, see other storm coverage in the southeast and other places. Mm-hmm. This looks like hurricane more than tornado. What's it like for you with boots on the ground looking at it? You know, I, I think the difference when you're there uh, versus seeing it is it doesn't look any different, but it feels very different. Um, there is this unified sorrow, fear, um, anxiousness. Uh, devastation, uh, shock that is just reverberating through um, the people who are there. And um, it's it's indescribable. I spent some time with Steve and Tara Elder yesterday, who were our friends and neighbors for eight years in Litchfield, and they're from Mayfield. They live in Mayfield again. And, um, you know, Steve actually uh, I interviewed him for Red Cross, and in his interview, he made a very interesting comment about seeing the tornado 
his had a family member come in through the door, and as he went to shut the door, the tornado had started. And he and he's a storm chaser. That's what he that's what he called himself yesterday. He said, "I'm a storm chaser," and and he said it got hot, it got cold, uh, and he said I could hear it, I could smell it, I could see it, and he said it was the feeling of pure evil. And he said, and I knew in that split second that my town would never be the same. So uh, it is very apocalyptic. I, uh, and I think what hit me probably the hardest, and that word came to mind, was when I went by their water plant yesterday, and it's destroyed. Um, their entire city, even if the buildings are still standing, they have to come down because they're structurally not sound anymore. So if you can imagine what that landscape is going to look like in months to come, they're starting over. Their infrastructure, their water, their their lights, their electricity, all of that. They're, they're rebuilding an entire city. Their historical buildings are gone. And that's the that's after we got past the fact that so many lives and families had been lost and displaced from their homes. So it's still unfolding um, as to what this is really going to look like and how it's going to impact people. But it's coming in waves, and that's the wave for me this morning is the city has to be built from scratch. And it's, uh, yeah. it's devastating, Mark. Uh on that candle factory, which I'm sure you've seen, and it's it's sort of the starting point, I think, to other other places. Um, eight people confirmed dead. Eight people are missing, but really surprised at how many people, though, have been located safe. When you see that yeah. candle factory, it appears to me that no one would have survived. I mean, everything is matchsticks. It's matchsticks and gravel. That that that's what it looks like was dumped on the city. There are some. Um, there are a few buildings, like a daycare yesterday. I have a picture of that is sitting in the middle of the road. I don't know where its original location was. I'm assuming it's somewhere close because had it been dropped, it would have been destroyed. But it's just in the middle of the road. Uh, so there are a few standing structures, but that's the situation. But that building looks like most of everything else. It's just rubble. Yeah. And um, I actually got tagged last night. Uh, we couldn't find one of our Red Cross trailers or cots and blankets, and it was found in Paducah this morning um, behind a business piled up in the rubble, and they saw the Red Cross part, and then they could start making out some of the cots and things. So we're going to try and go and retrieve that this morning. But um, I am shocked that I am thankful that people made it out of that alive. I heard a a call where a lady was trapped in that uh, candle factory, and she went Facebook Live and was asking for help. And hearing that call is is devastating to listen to. Judge Henderson was on right while you were wrapping up with CNN. And one of the things that he, he really set you up perfectly because he was talking about how Mayfield's getting a lot of attention. But mm-hmm. there are places all over western Kentucky which are in your territory. Now, people that you look after um, there are many counties that uh, need to be talked about this morning. What are some of the What are some of the areas that you think we need to most be praying for and concerned with? So right now, um, I I have um, so Western Kentucky those twenty five counties. So my counties that are affected outside of Graves County, and he is so right. There's so many that they're not talking about on the news. Bremen and Muhlenberg County is devastated. Dawson Springs and Hopkins County devastated. Christian County had a little bit of damage. Uh, Marshall, Marshall County in Benton, um, there are areas over in Paducah, the McCracken County around the lake, um, homes lost. And there are lives lost in some of those counties. And they're still pulling, uh, they're still searching for people and they're pulling those numbers together. 
that's where I'm headed today. There is no cell phone service when I am in anywhere from once I hit Muhlenberg County all the way until I get to Graves County. I don't have any service, so they're working off mobile communication units. So it's just so destructive, and there are so many lives lost. There's so many families displaced, and we're still we're still assessing in some of those situations. But he is absolutely right. They're not getting the coverage, so I don't think the nation realizes that this was massive wide. This was. What they're seeing in Mayfield, we're seeing in several other areas in western Kentucky on a smaller scale, but the same destruction. I thought it was almost poetic in a way, and not poetic in a good way. Uh, Unless something's changed, last time I knew, you have a very tiny sliver of Grayson County that actually technically falls in your territory. And it's like the storms entered at Ballard County and exited your district, even right across that little tip of, of Grayson County. And so it really, in your area, you've got a huge geographical area that you're trying to serve today. Yeah, and uh, Jennifer Capps is our South Central Executive Director, so she's overseeing that portion, all of, all of Grayson County. And that actual portion of Grayson County isn't disaster, it's blood. Okay. So Jennifer would take disaster, but I am I am supporting you know Grayson Countyans that need that because because they are familiar with me. So um, I'm Red Cross for whoever needs it. But it, you're right in my blood district, it did it did seem to come in and leave in my my boundaries. Um, but it's been it it's so overwhelming, and um, I can say on this program, um, my my Mallory was in Tennessee leaving. And I called her uh, around, I guess it was around 1 in the morning. She said, we were waiting for an Uber to get to my car. Maybe it was about 1230. Anyway, she she was not aware that the storms were as close as they were to Bowling Green. They thought they were just in western Kentucky and they were going to be safe to drive home. They ended up stranded under an underpass waiting for the storm to pass. And she watched that tornado go through Bowling Green. And she just she said it was just green. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things we train people to look for is when the sky turns green. Um and she was uh, she was pretty hysterical, and um, they got back to that area because that's where uh, her boyfriend lives, and they couldn't get through. And she called me, and and it was her first real life experience of seeing an emergency scene. And she said, "Mom, there's there's power lines down. There's there are ambulances everywhere. What do I do?" And we got her backed out and rerouted to my mom's. But I didn't realize until daybreak how bad Bowling Green was Um, and still trying to follow that. My focus has been, you know, in western Kentucky. But they're just it's it's so bizarre to me that Mother Nature has um, roared at us in December with a tornado and reared her ugly head in such a manner that it just seemed to hover and chew up ground in western Kentucky and Warren County and it's it's very overwhelming. It's still very overwhelming, and I'm watching these first responders, and, and uh, they know what they're doing, uh, but there's so much to do. It's hard to get to those places uh, as quickly as we need to get to them. I know that uh, you're you're needed and expected in Western Kentucky, but one of the most vital roles you can help us with today is that uh, in the in the time of an event, of an event like this. Right after it happens, then the ne'er do wells and the unscrupulous mm-hmm. people show up, and they start creating fake GoFundMe's, and they like right. they're right. taking advantage of people and scams and all those things. But you have a you, you're able to cut through all of that and tell us we all want to help. Like every Kentuckian wants to help. What's the best way to help and not get scammed today? Yeah. 
So here, Coach Cal and the U.K. teams are setting up a telethon, and that's going to take place tomorrow. And all of the money raised on that telethon will go straight to Kentucky victims, and that's going to be your fastest route. Now, I have a lot of people reaching out wanting to send items. I can tell you that I have been told directly by people who are coordinating and distributing things they're saying, we can't take any more clothes. We don't know where to put the stuff that's pouring in. They're so appreciative, but it's so overwhelming for them right now because even in, so think about Mayfield, um, there's not a building to put things, and the buildings that are standing, they're not for sure if they're structurally sound. So they're, they've got some places that was not affected that they're trying to get this stuff in, but it's being busted in so fast, and there's so much of it. They're just, they can't even begin to sort it. They're, it's just so overwhelming, Mark. So the best way you can help is truly financially give. Red Cross is getting financial assistance to those families so that they can buy what they need. Uh, and then we're helping them with the immediate things like, um, do they need eyeglasses? Do they need medical equipment? Where, where's their medicine? What medicine do they need? So our case managers, that's what our volunteers do for, for each of their um, those people in need that they're working with. So the immediate need, if you want to give and know that your money is going to Kentucky, give to that U.K. telethon tomorrow. That would be your very best avenue. If you are not going to be where you will see that telethon, then you can call 1-800-RED-CROSS and make a donation to the South, um, the Midwest and South tornado victims. And that money will go to the tornado victims um, in Kentucky as well, and but it will also be shared in Tennessee and some of those other states. But that telethon, if your heart is for Kentucky, that telethon is your best bet. Um, you can also go to redcross.org, and there will be a donation tab on that as well. I have not gone on there to walk through that, so I don't know if you're going to be able to get to a Kentucky tab. Um, you may just get to that, that Midwest and South tab, and that will go to those uh, all those states affected. So those are your options right now to give uh, blood. We are desperate for blood donors. Go to redcross.org, put in your zip code, and it will tell you next blood drive. Grayson County does a great job with blood uh, drives. We are constantly hosting them either at St. Joe's or at Clarkson Community Center. They come often. But we have uh, we've been working with hospitals. We've supplied 200 blood products so far to two tornado victims in all of these states that have been affected. So blood, we were already in a blood appeal, a national blood shortage in and out of COVID. We've not seen a, a blood shortage since 2015. So please, please, I, if you're in San Francisco and listening to me, give blood because that is that helps uh, all people in need uh, right now. So that, that's going to be your best bet to get money to Kentucky victims safely and know that it that it is uh, not, you're not being scammed. I know that you've, uh, you've, you know, been had appearances on uh, Fox News and MSNBC and and CNN, and I'm sure there are many others over the last few days. But you do know that none of them love you like we do. I know, and yeah. nor do I love them <laughs> like I love you all. <laughs> I will say though, with the BBC last night, I do like their accent better than yours. <laughs> yeah, well, you get ours all the time. But uh, anyway, hey, uh, I know you you're getting back into the thick of things. So we love you and uh, keep up the good work. And thanks for stopping by. Love you. Thanks for the support. Love you, too. Talk to you soon. That's Misty Thomas, Executive Director of the Western Kentucky Chapter of the American Red Cross. Got to get to a break. We'll come back more on the way here on In the Know.
you know, there are a total of 364 gifts in the song 12 Days of Christmas. So if you like to do math problems with your kids, by the time you sing the song all the way through, 12 down to 1, it's 364 total gifts. I don't know. Maybe you can win a bet with your friends sometime as a result of that. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Just finally kind of getting caught up. Um, We've had, you know, extremely uh, informative and and busy morning, and we've not talked, really, we haven't talked that much specifically about Bowling Green. And, you know, Bowling Green is, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's a huge city. Well, it's a huge small town and with lots of friends and family, and so the the three of us on the show today obviously have people that we love who are uh, living and or working in in Bowling Green. So, uh, Sam, your brother's all right. Yeah, he's good. I talked to him Saturday morning. That's good. And I know he's he's all good. Uh, in his place is in good shape. I think all things considered, his friends are okay, which is obviously important. But uh, it, it hurts, especially an area like I mean, I touched on Mayfield being an area that I've grown to enjoy going to i mean we've made four or five trips there over the past couple of years but heck i mean bowling green was home for three years sure and uh that's a great area of the country and really a lot of really nice people and obviously the hill is is home always will be bowling green was home to you for a while too wasn't it yeah absolutely i lived there for at least what almost five years i guess yeah friends and family and of course Mm -hmm. Our daughter and son-in-law are new homeowners, and they're about, you know, from, well, you're seeing a lot of the devastation on the the far end of, if you will, of the bypass. Um, they're toward the roundabout is where they, they live. So um, they had some tree damage, but they were actually out of town for the weekend on a Christmas event. So, um, you know, blessed as a result of that. But so much loss there. Um, you heard Judge Henderson say earlier that Mike Buchanan, who's the judge executive down there, they may have amended their, uh, their number, but Saturday afternoon I saw him say 500 homes destroyed, at least 100 businesses. And so he was doing some, some quick math. You know, 500 homes, just say just say at $250,000 each. I mean, some are higher, probably some are lower, and then multiply 100 businesses that are destroyed. And it's going to be... Um, As I said earlier on in the show, um, when you see storm damage come through, and we've had you know a few uh, tornadoes in these areas, you see you see a swath of damage, and you follows through. And so there are some people on uh, nearby who then you know help those who were in the path. But when you see something as wide as what you see Mayfield and Dawson Springs and Bremen, I mean, those are just three. Mayfield's a decent-sized town, similar to Litchfield. Dawson Springs is probably like Clarkson, you know, and that roughly that size. And Bremen, smaller than that. But there you go. you got three different sizes of communities all flattened and destroyed um, as they as, as the, those storms made their way through. Um, and then you heard Misty say a few minutes ago, they don't even have places to house the emergency supplies that – would be being delivered to them. Well, mm-hmm. everybody wants to give. And that's mm-hmm. just, I think that's true nature for a lot of people, most people. You want to give, but if there's nowhere to put it, yeah. it's kind of hard. I mean, what do you do? So that's why the resources that she provided us are important because they don't have anywhere to house all the things that people want to physically, like, clothes or whatever. Yeah. And I know, so we we all have too much excess. You know, we, we all have, 
We all have more things than we need, and so we're not using them. So we naturally feel like, well, I could mm-hmm. give this to someone else. Well, just because you have it to give doesn't mean that there's a need for it. So I would just encourage your 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 good nature, which this is is to be rewarded, is that you just sit and wait for the call on what is right. is needed. But I agree with you uh, when fellow Kentuckians are damaged, harmed, lost. You, you, there's a call to action. Like we say, oh, I have to do something, but I don't know what to do. And that's why I just l- listen to those that know and we'll, we'll tell you how you can best be of service. I was thrilled to hear about the law enforcement officers locally who went down to help down in Marshall County. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of opportunities like that. Um, you know, the Kentucky Broadcasters Association, which I'm very involved in, um, though there are things happening behind the scenes, like in the broadcast industry that are trying, you know, there are things you'll never hear about. And I'd say there are lots of industries. Well, no, we had, I mean, indirect colleagues in Bowling Green that had damage to their station. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was, that was heartbreaking. That's right. I was on the phone with Chris Winkle on Saturday morning, the president and CEO and identifying to him, which stations I could tell, you know, like they took it rough and they took it rough and you need to check on them. And so everyone, no one should be uh, no one should be faulted for trying to be uh, helpful. You just got to make sure that your help is is tempered and is in uh, is the timing of it is very important. So we'll keep you up to date on those things. Uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit about a photograph from the storm, uh, and then we'll kind of wrap it up for the morning. So uh, hang around here on in the know. MB's point to ponder for today. I would just ask you, it can be rhetorical if you want to, but I would just encourage you. What will be one of the one will be one of the heartfelt takeaways from the weekend? Like not the bad stuff. You'll remember the bad stuff and the damage and all those things. So what will what uplifting thing might you take away from the recent weekend? And I'll share mine. I've uh, been thinking a lot about it, and there's actually a news story. Uh, I saw on Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, someone in New Albany, Indiana, posted a picture of a photo that they found on uh, Saturday. It was stuck to their car. They went outside on Saturday, and this photograph, if you're watching, you can see it. It was uh, stuck to the windshield of their car, and they posted it online and just said, Can I have your help? in finding out where who this photo belongs to. So it's obviously an older photo. 1942 is the date. It said Gertie Switzel and J.D. Switzel, and, but no geographic identifier. So they just put it out there for the, uh, for the Internet universe to find. And within hours, they were able to connect it back to Dawson Springs. And so that was lost in the damage of Dawson Springs. And uh, the lady had already made, uh, made arrangements to have it returned. At some point in time, I so, love that. You know, it may it, it there. There's debris everywhere that people will be relocating, but for it to happen that quickly, and then also it also drives to the power of the storm. Dawson Springs to New, that's not close. No, Dawson Springs to New Albany, Indiana, and this is just the one example that we that we know about. And so that was uh, it. Left a huge impression upon me because if that were my family's photo, 
and it might be one of the few things that I have left, as the governor said, they're not knocking on doors anymore because there aren't doors. You know, they're having to just go in piles of rubble and debris. And so anyway, I thought it was a touching, uh, touching story that, uh, but, you know, it brings out, times like these bring out good people and bad people. You know, there are people that are trying to scam and take advantage and they're opportunists. And then there are other people that genuinely want to, to help their fellow man and try and help them get back on their feet where they can. And uh, as you heard Misty say earlier, they're not they're not repairing. They're like communities like Mayfield and Dawson Springs and Bremen. They're kind of starting from scratch Mm -hmm. because they don't have, you know, all the buildings even that are standing are suspect whether they have a viable, a viable future. So I can't imagine what that might, uh, what that might be like. So I guess all I would ask, we all do. And again, I'm, I'm talking to Mark. I'm not just talking to you is that let's remember, we want to be helpful hours after the storm, but let's make sure that we try and remain vigilant and look for opportunities to help weeks and months from now, because this is not going to be uh, you know, it's not going to be a, a 30 day fix to this. So uh, on television tonight, the live finale of The Voice, part one on NBC, American Auto is on NBC. Gordon Ramsay's road trip is on Fox tonight, in case you're looking for something to view or watch. Sam, you already know that some of the basketball schedule for this week's been disrupted. Yeah, Lady Cougars at Madisonville on Thursday has been canceled. Okay, all right. Uh, Today's highlight in history, this date in 2000, President George W. Bush claimed the presidency a day after the U.S. Supreme Court shut down further recounts of disputed ballots in Florida. In uh, 1993, the space shuttle Endeavor returned from its mission to repair the Hubble Space Telescope. I was seeing that new web telescope that they're getting ready to send into space it's uh, over the weekend uh seeing some of uh, some of it it's remarkable on what they think it may be able to do in 2003 saddam hussein was captured by u.s forces while hiding in a hole under a farmhouse in adwar iraq that happened on a saturday is in 2003 i've shared this with you before but i was at the titans game the following morning and the spirit in that stadium when they made the announcement, like it was all over the news that morning and they were showing pictures of the forces going in and capturing him. It was, it was something I'll never forget. Just being in a group of people that were all celebrating, you know, something so significant who had, you know, caused so many problems. Actor, comedian, Dick Van Dyke is 96 today. John Davidson is 80. Ted Nugent is 73. Randy Owen is 72. Wendy Malick is 71. John Anderson is 67. Morris Day is 65. Steve Buscemi is 64. Jamie Foxx is 54. And Taylor Swift is 32. That's a, All those people that's share a big birthday December list. 13th. Of course, December 13th was also my Holly's birthday. And so I always, uh, always remember that. Mary Todd Lincoln was born in 1818. Christopher Plummer was born in 1929. Let's see if we can find a chart topper, then we'll wrap it up for the morning. Let's go to 1957 is where I'm trying to head. Buddy Holly, number one. Oh, 
All right. Uh, 66, the Beach Boys were number one with good vibrations. But in 1975, the Bay City Rollers number one with Saturday Night. nice to get a spelling lesson mm-hmm. if you, you don't know sometimes. how to spell saturday night <laughs> then all you got to do is listen to the bay city rollers daryl hall and john oates number one in 1984 without a touch all right hero mariah carey in 93 rascal flats these days in 02 bruno mars it will rain in 2011 and one year ago today, the number one song was Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. It's probably the number one song again right now. I guess we'll probably have to do that uh, every year this this time. Um, it will get popular again. So MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Uh, by the way, thanks to both of you all. It's hard, hard to know how to how to do a show on, on days like today. But uh, hopefully we've, we've served a purpose and given people information that they need. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. United we stand. Divided we fall. United we stand. Divided we fall. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know. I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for Beej, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.